0: special silver and black pride cast actually technically every episode of the silver and black pride cast is a special one for being completely honest but this episode however is extra special in that it coincides with the SB Nation blogger mock draft uh, my name is Levi Damian by the way and I'm here as often is the case with the one and only Tyler Smith aka Raider Domus and it is our pick our pick is up at number four in the blogger mock draft over the first three picks the uh the cardinals got kyler murray the san francisco 49ers got nick bosa the new york jets got josh allen and thus taking the top two pass rushers off the board before the raiders even have their pick at number four so what do we have the raiders doing well we had them taking Quinnan Williams, defensive tackle out of Alabama. My take on this is that I would be looking to trade down if I were the Raiders. Unfortunately, in these blogger mock drafts, we aren't doing any kind of trades or anything like that. I could see them definitely being open for business for any kind of trades down, mainly because the two top pass rushers are off the board. But uh, if if you're looking at best player available, uh, that is – that is Quinnen Williams. He's considered one of the best players at any position in this draft. Uh, a lot I've seen a lot of uh, big boards have him like like number two in a lot in a lot of behind like Nick Bosa or whatnot. And uh, if you're just going by pure value, you're you're going with Quinnen Williams. Tyler, what is your thought on the pick? Uh,
1: there are a lot of people that I've read uh, and that I've talked to who think that Quinnen Williams is in fact the best player in this draft, regardless of position. Uh, if you can't get one of the top two edge rushers, I don't see Quinn and Williams necessarily as a consolation prize, nor do I see the fourth pick as a trade-down scenario in that situation, unless you get a really good offer from somebody who wants Williams or even Dwayne Haskins. If you can get a few first-round picks in the future, that would be great, but but I, I love Williams. I think he's fantastic. Um, and there's edge rushers up and down this draft, first-round, second-round. You, you can get them down to the fourth, really, really good guys. Um, So I think if you can get Williams at the fourth pick, you can get your edge rusher needs later. And and Williams is the most disruptive interior defender in this draft, bar none. Uh, Every single play at Alabama, uh, his game tape is fantastic. He's just wrecking shop, disrupting anything the offense wants to do against Alabama. They just can't do because Williams is in the middle there, just destroying all their intentions, bringing down the ball carrier, rushing the passer stuffing the run. He eats space, and he's a fantastic pass rusher on the interior. He's everything you want to see from an interior defensive tackle.
0: I guess here when we're talking about pass rush, I mean, mainly we, we're talking about edge rushers. And as we've discovered over the last few years, interior pressure is also quite important with all those, uh, the many years that you know, a couple years there where really the, you know, had Bruce Irvin and Khalil Mack on the outside, and they got little to no help from the inside. And it really showed. So if you're thinking of it in those terms, bringing in a, a guy like Quentin Williams, who had eight sacks last year, which is pretty outstanding from the interior and 19 and a half tackles for loss, that is highly disruptive. The only thing that um, really st- sticks with me um, in terms of when I say when I say if you can't, you know, you, you miss out on those edge rushers, which they need so bad. And, you know, I mean, you're talking about it not being consolation prize. And I wouldn't really – I don't really want to call it that per se, but uh, when you had last year, you spent your second-round pick on a defensive tackle on P.J. Hall. And then you got – you fell into getting Maurice Hurst in the fifth round, who without that heart condition, he was pretty highly regarded. I mean, almost as highly regarded as Quentin Williams is now as a as an interior disruptor, and you got that guy, so now you're you're looking at doubling up on that I mean the, the only instance I can when I when I think of like why any team would do that I look at the Rams last year when they had Aaron Donald and yet they still signed Domincanue and, and put in two interior disruptors but then I mean with the Raiders it, you I can go back and forth on it you uh what do you do with what do you do with PJ hall? And what do you do with, you know, you just signed Jonathan Hankins and, and uh, you, I mean, you'd have a hell of a ro- rotation. Ellis, for that's that matter.
1: What's that? And Justin Ellis is still there.
0: Yeah. Yeah. I thought I, I mean, of course, I mean, that's kind of a, kind of the given I'm just thinking in terms of like, they just drafted um, PJ hall and he's supposed to be an, an interior disruptor. Um, Hankins started most of the last season. A- Ellis is a nose tackle. He's, he doesn't do much more than stop the run, so I—that's I, why I didn't mention him at all in, in that. He's kind of a yeah, he's there, but I don't see him. He's not the same type of player as Quentin Williams is, so they wouldn't really be competing with each other per se. It's just uh, it'd be it'd be a really crowded interior. Uh, it, but as we've talked about, it's hard to it's hard to argue just taking a talent like him that high in the draft. I mean, you don't really want to reach for need if you don't have to.
1: Having too many good players at defensive tackle is a good problem to have, maybe one of the best problems to have in football. Um, But I look at a guy like Aaron Donald, the guy you just mentioned. Aaron Donald fell to the 13th pick in the draft in 2014, not because of any production issues, but because he's only six feet tall. Uh, And people were concerned that he was too short to play the defensive tackle position, which turned out to be patently ridiculous, and anybody with a brain knew it at the time. Uh, but he did fall to the Rams at, at 13, and they were quick to pick him up, and he's been a two time defensive player of the year. When you have a guy with this level of talent, this, who's this highly rated, this highly ranked, who is 6'3, 303 pounds, 33 and a quarter inch arms, runs a 40 yard dash in 4.8 seconds, you do not pass up on him no matter where you are in the draft if he falls to you. This is just this is the kind of player he's better than Hall. You build around guys like this. I don't care how many good defensive tackles you have, it's still not going to be enough when you have the kind of offenses that we have in the AFC West.
0: All right. So um, you I mentioned the possibility of trading down. How much of a possibility do you think trading down is for the Raiders? And I mean, if you had your pick between um, taking Quentin Williams and trading down a little bit, getting some extra picks and adding a pass rusher, I know it's a lot of hypotheticals there. What do you? What do you do?
1: If a team like the Giants wanted to trade up and offered 6-17, and 17, or if the Bengals wanted to trade up and, and offered their pick in their first round next year, sure, I'd consider it. There's good defensive tackles in this draft. You've got a Christian Wilkins, who's just sitting there, who's almost as good as Quinton Williams, but not quite. You've got a Ed Oliver, who's sitting there, who's very highly ranked, who's almost as good as Quinton Williams, Quinn Williams, but not quite. And you've got Ed rushers sitting there, like Cleveland Farrell and Brian Burns, and and Jalen Ferguson and Montez Sweat, you've got them up and down the first round. So if there's a good package there, sure, absolutely look into it. Um, but if no one's interested in Fork, Quentin Williams has to be the guy there.
0: So uh, let's let's explore some possible trade down types of things. We mentioned the Giants. Uh, I could see the Giants jumping up to take Quentin Williams. Absolutely. Um, I could I could see them possibly jumping up to take quarterback like like Dwayne Haskins. Uh, but they also have that pick at 17 to work with. They can either they can either um, they they can either wait, take quarterback there, or they can take their quarterback there and wait to take their defensive tackle there. or they can package those and move up. That seems like a lot in a trade for the to package the six and seventeen and move up two spots. I honestly can't imagine them giving more than their second round pick to move up two spots. I know we've seen it um, last year. I think. Uh, Team traded up two spots and gave up a, a bounty. Uh, I can't remember all the details of that trade, but, but I remember how ridiculous that seemed at the time. So I could we be saw the Bears wrong.
1: do that to move up and take Trubisky. They gave up the moon, essentially, to trade with the Niners and, and take their quarterback. Now, that turned out to be a decent move because Trubisky's a pretty good quarterback in a, a division where they certainly need one. So we, we've seen teams do that before. Uh, I, I would not be shocked if someone gave uh, quite the bounty to move out to pick four.
0: I, what i what I don't see though, is and when i'm talking we're talking about moving up two picks is I don't see uh, the Giants trading as high as their their seventeen pick to move two spots because that's the kind of trade you make if you're getting a quarterback and why they would feel the need to make that trade just to get uh, when they when that quarterback that they want is probably gonna would probably be there at six unless someone traded ahead of the Raiders or less the Giants traded ahead of the Raiders, you know, with J- the Jets or something like that. I mean, you can look at some other teams that are looking for quarterbacks, you got the Broncos, you got the dolphins, you got, uh, you got Washington. Um, I, I think it'd be hard pressed to imagine the Raiders and Broncos making any kind of trade. Cause I don't, I don't know if uh, the Raiders were like, Oh sure. Here, uh, let's make a trade to give you your franchise quarterback. Cause that's a great idea to to with your know, division rival. And then you look at the, you know, the Dolphins at 13 and Washington at 15. That's a, that's quite a, quite a, quite a drop. So that would either, that would be quite spendy and, and a little bit risky. Have you, have you uh, thought about those kind of trades?
1: Yeah, I have. Um, I'm not sure that either the Dolphins or the Giants, to be honest with you, they even want to get their quarterback in this draft. Um, and that, that's not because they don't need one. It's just because this quarterback draft is so very weak um, beyond Tyler Murray. And I'm not even sure he's a surefire Pro Bowl prospect like you would want if you were to trade up that far. You would want someone who's at least as good as Matt Ryan uh, on that on that level. And I'm not sure there's anybody, even Haskins and Locke, I'm not sure, are that good. And, and a guy like Daniel Jones could be a target for somebody, but they wouldn't have to move up for that. I mean, I'm I'm not convinced the Giants are going to take a quarterback this year at all. Um, some people are. I'm not. I, I think they're going to roll with Eli Manning. Uh, I, I put this on Twitter a couple of days ago. What they're going to do, or what they should do, is trade with the Raiders and take Haskins if they were smart. But they're not. They're the New York Giants. We've seen them do stupid thing after stupid <laughs> thing this year. What they're going to do, and I can almost guarantee this, is they're going to take a pass rusher at six. They're probably going to take an offensive lineman at 17. They're going to wait on a quarterback. They're going to play Eli Manning until his pancreas falls out. They're not going to draft a quarterback next year either, and they're going to win five games in 2020, and they're going to miss out on Trevor Lawrence. And they're not going to have a quarterback going forward, and I don't know what they plan on doing. But that's just a pattern of behavior we've seen from them. Uh, They're absolutely rudderless and aimless, and I have no idea how anybody roots for that team, frankly.
0: All right, if you're just joining us, welcome to the New York Giants Trashing Hour. With Tyler Smith, um, where he completely dismantles the the New York Giants for no reason that I can I can possibly conceive, except for maybe he's just a huge hater. know. Yeah. so we we'll just go with that. I am,
1: I really am, <laughs> and it's fun.
0: Well, I mean, I think it would take a lot of uh, honestly. I mean, the the two most likely trade up teams that I could see are the Dolphins and Washington, but I think it would take the moon. It seems to me for them to move all the way up to four. There would have to be a lot of uh, crazy things to happen. Uh, And speaking of crazy things to happen, the Raiders' next pick is at 24 currently if they made no trades. And it seems to me that there's a strong likelihood there will not be a top pass rusher on the board anymore at 24. And if they took Quinn and Williams at four, And then there were no top pass rushers when they picked at 24 in the first round, and they therefore did not select one. That feels like a real swing and a miss on this draft if you go the top 35 picks and you do not get a top pass rusher on a team that had 13 sacks and only one of those came from an existing uh, defensive end. And it's looking kind of scary.
1: Well, there there's four, five, six premier pass rushes in the draft. But then there's you know there's a second uh, there's a second tier of of uh, pass rushers. Like there's a guy like Zach Allen from Boston College. Uh, he's an edge guy, in the, not the most you know exciting looking guy in the world, but he's really really polished. Um, and then there's um, there's the guy from TCU, Ben Bonogu. Uh, he's a defensive end he's a really good pass rusher uh, a guy like Brian Burns might fall a guy like Cleveland Farrell might fall i mean there's uh, there's no guarantees when it comes to the draft what i will say is that if there's a run on pass rushers in the in the teams the raiders might look to package 24 and 27 and and move up to ensure that they get their guy because they've got another another pick at the top of the second round so it's not like they're missing that much um, you know, taking an extra player over, filling one of the biggest positional needs I've ever seen going into a draft, the rate mm. of a pass rusher like this. Um, it, it, wouldn't, it would not be difficult for them to, to move up, uh, considering they have two late first-round picks. If they want a guy, they can go get a guy. Uh, and Mack and Gruden know what they're doing as far as that's concerned. Uh, so I I definitely don't see them coming out of the first round even if they take Williams at four without an impact pass rusher,
0: yeah, I I've thought about that as well. the uh, The concept of them packaging either their two first round picks or their first uh, one of those low first round picks and that thirty five pick to move up into the middle of the round it almost seems inevitable at this point that they would they would do something like that to ensure they get a guy you know that is projected to go around that middle of the first round top 15 like Brian Burns or Montez Sweat or somebody like that or Cleland Farrell who honestly I've never really understood why he's not as he's not more highly rated I thought coming in the offseason he was considered a like a top 10 pick for sure and I've seen him dropping into the 20s and if he were to drop all the way to 24 what a fine that would be but uh as you said, if they if they start seeing a run on it, I, I mean, it would be with the need that they have, which is just really unfortunate that they have this need as bad as they do. I, I could see them being like, you know, they can't take that chance. If you start getting in the uh, around 15 or 16, you can't take that chance that uh, one of those guys is not going to get scooped up in the next, you know, five or six picks. And like I, like I said, it's just a really, unf- it's, this is a bad situation that they put themselves in. When they, with not signing an edge rusher in free agency, and and just even like Mike Mayock when he got asked about it, they almost get kind of like cagey and defensive when you, when they get asked about, um, hey, were you uh, were you planning on getting uh, signing an edge player at some point? And uh, Mike Mayock's like, you got the money for it, and it's like, what do you mean you got you got the money for it? You guys, the Raiders had the money for it if you count the players that they cut they had as many as as much as 95 million dollars available to them and yeah they 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 signed a, a a few guys to some big money and that money was whittled away but why wouldn't one of those investments they made be in the biggest need i've ever seen in my life I, and one of and there were guys out there to be had it just blows my mind that it seems like they just don't value the um, edge rusher position as much as they should. Uh, he, uh, Mayock said flat out that he was they, the team wasn't even in on Justin Houston, which is like really, I mean, wow. And now really all that's left is the hope that uh, Ezekiel um, Ansah passes all his medical stuff, and then they can get on get in on the sweepstakes for him. But if they're already talking about not having the money to do it. It's pretty much that ship seems to have sailed. And that's really unfortunate. Now they're going to go into the draft like like absolutely desperate at a position. And they they talk about wisely so, they talk about not putting themselves in that position. You want to give yourself insurance, make yourself uh fill all the fill all the big needs that you have enough to where you don't have to get desperate and you don't have to reach. And the one position that was the most important is the one position they didn't touch.
1: It is pretty puzzling when you when you see a need like that go completely unaddressed. But when the Raiders addressed so very many of the needs that they had, um, but none of them were the paramount need that is clearly, uh, you know, the biggest hole in the roster right now. So you figure they're going to go big in the draft to address the need. Um, and, and frankly, even though and Williams did fall to you, uh in this blogger mock draft for SB Nation, which is fantastic and I think he'd be a great player for the Raiders. Um I'm not sure if I see him falling that far in real life.
0: You think he'll go before Quentin Williams to go before fourth overall?
1: I I really do. I don't see the Jets taking Josh Allen over over Quinn Williams. Uh with the opportunity to pair Quinn Williams with, with Leonard Williams in the middle, I, I I just think that'd be too enticing for, for the Jets to pass on, honestly.
0: Well, there's also, of course, if you're talking about that year, there's certainly a possibility that maybe another team we mentioned the Giants as a as a team to and maybe the two New York teams make a swap and they jump up ahead of the Raiders and, and you know, make in a trade with the Jets and they get Quentin Williams. I, I mean frankly,
1: I wouldn't be I I wouldn't be shocked if the Niners just took him out right at number two.
0: Hmm. You think they would? I don't know about that. I mean, they've they've made a lot of interior defensive line picks um, in recent years, and they've got a couple of pretty good ones in house. Now, uh, I can't see them passing up uh, Nick Bosa for Quinnen Williams. He might be the Nick Bosa might be in most I've seen in some people's eyes uh, the one player that is better a better prospect than uh, Quinnen Williams. But uh, hey, you know the draft is a crazy crazy thing, so. We can we, we can see all kinds of different uh, different. Uh, well, I
1: mean, they've strategies. they've done it before. They took Eric Armstead and DeForest Buckner, and then they went out and took Solomon Thomas the very next year. the The Niners have done some strange, strange things.
0: Well, like you just mentioned those players. I mean, they did some strange things. They did that already. You know what I mean? They got those. They 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 filled all those players, and that that may just be an argument to say that the that other teams could do the same thing. The Raiders could do the same thing. They could they could. Uh, they got their two defensive tackles in last year's draft, but they could do it again in um, yeah. Quentin Williams if they if they think he's the best pick. I think that's the only argument that that proves. I doubt. I highly, highly doubt the Forty ers would would do it one do it yet again, <laughs> especially because I think yeah, they got I some mean, pretty with,
1: good talent there with the with who's at the top of this draft combined with who the Niners just signed in free agency, that being D Ford. Uh, I, if anybody's going to trade out, it's going to be them. They're mm. a prime pros They're a prime team that would trade to the eight to to twelve range. To be honest with you, and and pick up a haul just like they did from the Bears. they they would have no issues trading out. But the guys who are at the top of this draft are superfluous to them right now.
0: That's a good point. That's a good point. There's a lot of, a lot of movement that could happen. And you and your thinking is that that team trading up to two wouldn't be a team looking to. Uh... Get a quarterback, but rather a team looking to take Quinn and Williams.
1: Um, If I was trading the number two this year, I would take Williams, no question about it.
0: You mean you would if you were trading up to number two?
1: Uh, Yeah, I'm sorry. If I was trading up, I would want to do so because I'm targeting Quinn and Williams. That's what I mean. You don't think somebody
0: would trade up to get Nick Bosa?
1: They might, but I, I, he's a guy at a position where there's so many players that are almost as good as him. Josh Allen's almost as good as him. I mean, Nick Bosa is a special player. Don't get me wrong. I mean, his brother's a special player, uh, but he, he's not a safe pick considering his his injury history. Uh, if he pans out, he'll be an all-timer. Um, but Quinn and Williams is a set, his floor. I think is Fletcher Cox, and I think his ceiling is Aaron Donald. And I think if you're going to move up the two, that's the kind of player that you're going to want to get there.
0: All right. Well, it's clear that you have a. You have as high opinion of Quinnen Williams as most people, so I'm sure you'd be pretty excited if the draft fell the way that it did, or something similar, and Quinn Williams was there and he donned a Raiders uniform. And uh, from there, we just have to uh, figure out uh, what they would, how they would find that edge rusher they need either with those picks at the bottom of the first round or packaging a couple of picks to move up in the mid first round to get that edge rusher. So uh we'll yeah, revisit the that. Mid, mid
1: first round might be the best, uh, the best bet there. And I, and I think if it falls that way that they might actually do that.
0: Yeah. I mean, I can, I can definitely see that happening, but let's, uh since there, as we mentioned before, there are no trades in the blog or mock draft because that would just get kind of crazy. It'll be interesting once we get to the um, 24th pick and we we do this again, what's on the board? It'll be fascinating. I look forward to who ends up on the board when the Raiders pick at that point. But uh, all right, we're, we'll wrap this one up for now. And I uh, hope you all enjoyed the uh, this episode of the Silver and Black Pridecast. We'll see you next time, everyone.